Have you ever wondered why some employees are more receptive to your management style than others? Then you'll want to catch NHPA's upcoming webinar hosted by Kim Peffley. During the webinar, Kim talks with TJ Comstock, owner of Northwest Hardware, as well as Candace Albertson and Jade Haney from the management and support teams at Northwest Hardware. They chat about utilizing the Everything Disc personal development learning experience in their retail operation. Tune into the webinar available at yournhpa.org slash webinars on January 20th to discover what they gained from taking the Everything Disc assessments and how they implemented new strategies to better communicate with one another and their team members. Mark your calendar and register to attend the webinar today. Welcome to another episode of Hardware Retailing's podcast, Tell Me More, hosted by myself, Renee Shagnon. This is the last episode of 2020, and I thought it would be fun to bring back someone who I always enjoy connecting with and chatting with on the podcast, Cody Guppner. He's a manager of Blyle Co-op Retail, a farmer's co-op with four locations serving the Yakima Valley in the state of Washington. Cody was my first ever guest on the podcast and then came on about a year later. So this is our third kind of get together, and it's almost around the same time again. So it's three years in a row, and I'm excited to have him here. Um, In today's episode, we're going to talk about the past year in retail. We'll talk about setting goals and preparing for 2021. And we'll also discuss ways that young retailers can get more involved in the industry. So uh, welcome back, Cody. I'm glad to have you here. Thanks, Renee. It is going to be so much fun today. I know. I'm so excited. For anyone listening who hasn't heard the first and second episode I did with, with Cody, go back, listen to those, or you know, get a feel for this one. And then you could always go back and just listen to our, our uh, conversation when we had no idea what the future held, but uh, (laughs) we had such a glimmer and like hope in our eyes for what this year was going to be. I know, I know. So um, hopefully people, like I said, have, have listened to one or both of your previous episodes that I had with you, but um, do you mind maybe giving a refresher to our listeners and let them know, you know, the basis of who you are um, and you where you are in the industry and, and your company and that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, they're probably sick of me by now. I mean, three in. <laughs> I, I'm You're the only three Pete. I know, right? three Pete, come on. But I'm having a blast. I, I, I hope they're not sick of me because I'm definitely not sick of the industry. And I think this year has really proven that like, this is the industry to be in. I mean, I just, it's been a tough one. I don't want to, you know, keep it um, from reality, but it's just, I've seen so many cool things happen. I can't wait to talk about that. But how I've got here is it really started with a rich family history, 175 years um, of a, a, a feed mill that turned into a hardware store, seven generations. Um, and then it all came to a halt when the family close the business. Um, but through the, uh, the retail management certification program, I had made some, some networking connections. And uh, a couple of years ago, about two and a half years ago now, I found myself uh, dr- calling out to the Pacific Northwest and being drawn out here. And like you said, in the previous podcast, we go into that a little bit more in detail um, of how that all kind of came about. But I've been out here and just loving it. I mean, the Pacific Northwest is is a playground. And so when we're not having fun 
developing retail at Blau Co-op. I mean, you have the mountains, you've got the coast, you've got Canada, which is off limits right now, but is so yeah. cool to go explore as well. Um, and it's just been, it's been a really cool two and a half years that I've been out here. Yeah, I, I still have yet to get out there. So that's on my list once, uh, once travel is cleared again. I Make it happen. You know, talking about uh, things changing and, and are kind of the things we were looking forward to in the year. I know you might have had some things too, and I'd love to hear about those. But I look back on, you know, fresh, fresh-eyed, faced Renee back in early 2020 getting excited because March, I was about to go on a road trip with Independent We Stand for NHPA. Well, NHPA is our new name. And we were going to go from Seattle area all the way down to just past LA road trip, visit independent businesses the whole way. It was scheduled for, I think it was the third week of March. And uh, the week ahead, everyone was talking about this thing called COVID. My parents are like, I don't think you're going to be able to go. And I'm going, you guys are just crazy. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking fine. about. <laughs> like, we're good. And then literally three days before it was like, uh, this is pretty serious. We're canceling it. You're not going. Uh, and I'm going, well, maybe in a month from now I'll get to go. Uh, <laughs> it's now. How many months later? Uh, reality sank in. But yeah, one day I will get out to Seattle and finally check because um, – Oregon is one of the states on my list I have yet to visit. I have six states left, so. Very nice. That is quite a feat. Yeah, I I mean, talking about 2020 is almost cringeworthy. It's just something that nobody wants to do because we've all been through it together. Like, you just look at somebody and you're like, I get it. Like, I I see it in your eyes. You see it in mine. But honestly, at Thanksgiving, I, I made this, like, pact with myself where it's like, no, you are going to review 2020 And you're going to find things that you're grateful for. You're going to appreciate what you've been. This is unlike anything else. And I also made this pact with myself that I'm going to be honest about the raw and the the ugly and the hard part of it, because it was that as well. And I, I tend to be more on the positive side and, oh, this was cool. And we did this and wow, wow, wow. But I wanted to acknowledge that hardship as well, because a lot, I see it a lot like on social media with influencers or stuff like when you're posting on LinkedIn and it's just like, everything looks great. I don't post much on social media, but when I do, it's like a twice a year recap of what I've done. And it's these big trips or this and that. And this year, it's just like, what do I post? And I decided, you know what? No, let's be raw. Let's be real. You haven't left your house very much. <laughs> you know, you haven't done this. You haven't done that. And, um, and I think it's just being able to look at the the wide array of what we've all been through um, in 2020 is super important, especially now as we're capping out 2020, I encourage everybody to do that so that they don't get Mm -hmm. lost in like what happened this year. I like, yeah, (laughs) I look at it like fever dream COVID, (laughs) right? I know there's like pre COVID, which was barely three months. And then there's the rest of the year. And I think like, what I was doing, you know, COVID was in the news, but it was like that little subtitle at the bottom of the screen scrolling by last December. But since mm-hmm. then, like I had traveled home to Indiana. I had made a trip to New York City to see some friends and to visit Broadway, um, came back to Washington State for New Year's Eve. Then in February, the True Value reunion was down in uh, New Orleans. So we were there for Mardi Gras. Yeah. I mean, like we were shoulders. Just, 
shoulder to shoulder with people just having the greatest time down Bourbon Street. And I look back at that going, okay, wait a second. What? That was the last week in February. <laughs> like, you see those scenes on TV now and you just like, oh my God, they shouldn't be that close. Why aren't they yeah. wearing their mask? And that was this year. Like, that was less than a year ago. And then, like you said, that third week in March hit and it was just like, what in the world are we going through right now? What is this? Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember looking at all of my mentors in the industry within my family, um, the leadership I was sitting under uh, directly at the time, and then just other mentors throughout and uh, was like, okay, what do we do? Like, how do we manage through this? And Mm -hmm. like, surely there's been something you can liken it to before. And they just would look at you dumbfounded. Like, no, there's literally nothing that has impacted our industry like this. Um, and we at in March, we had no clue. I mean, at that time, it was going to be a six-month pandemic. By Easter, we're open again, and we have the rest of our year. And here we are nine months into it. Still, it's a daily battle um, for not just our country, but for the whole world. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's kind of crazy because I don't know if there's ever been something that's really impacted everyone like every walk of life like in some way shape or form this pandemic has affected almost all of us I mean I don't know anyone who it it hasn't it doesn't it doesn't matter you know what what any of those any of those things like you can have all the money in the world or all the this or that and you could still get it and so it's just it's one of those things that it's almost humbling and I I look at it now as like I feel like especially in the US and and I don't know as much about Canada but I feel like we're such a go 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 type of place and like that's the mentality that a lot of people have is it's like constantly pushing pushing go for yeah. more go for more and it's like especially in the beginning you almost you didn't have a choice you had to slow down and so it's almost like we all had to slow down and um I mean, I hope if anything came out of it, I think that there were a lot of uh, things that people were able to grow personally, you know, because you're forced to like reflect inwards when you're alone more often. So yeah, I don't know. I'm probably getting on a tangent here, but I no, do. I, think I agree with you. I think it's I, yeah. I, if it wouldn't have happened in 2020, it, it, when would it have happened? I guess. I mean, the fact that we had coronavirus this year. We had an unprecedented election cycle. I mean, and to have all of that on top of each other, it was just like, I think we were all going, how much more can we hold? You know, how much more can we lift? Um, I mean, then you had the market swings. I mean, come on. We had murder hornets out here in Washington state. Like, yes, that was the beginning. Yeah. And then there's still fires in Australia. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, fires all up and down the the West Coast out here. Um, obviously, not at the level of Australia, but it's just this year. I think it's just so much happening at once. Where you're right, it really broke us down. Uh, it broke down humanity and made us realize mm-hmm. what is important. What do we have to do? Um, and yeah. I think it's it's been interesting to see, even in the industry, it's been this tension because, like you said, it's it, it's we're always on a growth pattern and we got to do what we got to do to get better and stronger and bigger and make more money. But this really got a lot of people at a point going, OK, well, we did it today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look back at 2020 and I don't know if you're much of a like, do you like preparing ahead of a new year? And this might be different for your personal life versus your professional life. But 
do you like set goals or do you do resolutions? I know some people are like, that's hokey. I don't do that. But like, do you have certain things in mind that you go, okay, this is what I want to focus on this year. And were there any things that you wanted to do in 2020 that you quickly went, okay, let's shift gears. Or were there some things that you were still able to do? Like, I love to kind of hear about like what you were thinking in at the end of 2019 and then what ended up happening, I guess. Yeah. So as I said earlier, at the end of 2019 and even the beginning of 2020, I was traveling the States and, and I love to travel. That's one of the, the, being out here in the Pacific Northwest, I'm 2,700 miles away from my family. And so traveling is a big part of what I do in my off time. Um, and this year I had a trip planned to Disney, canceled it. I had a second trip trip planned to Disney in September, had to cancel it. Um, where it was just a reschedule and obviously things weren't open or happening. Um, I know we even at this time last year, we're playing with a trip to Greece and enjoying the islands. And it's just those kind of travel plans just were non-existent. They were not going to happen this year. Um, getting back to see family. Um, I have been grateful to where I was able to safely do that, but it was more effort than it's ever taken to see family. Um, yeah. they were going to come out and see me and we were going to go on hikes and do all these cool things. And they couldn't travel because every state's restrictions were so different. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's just been one of those years where when that's such a core part of what I do and who I am, and that's just taken away, you literally look and that hustle and bustle of movement is taken away. You go, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, yeah. and so, uh, that was probably the biggest disappointment that I had in 2020 Mm -hmm. was I had all these grand plans to see the world and do this and that. And there were just different plans in the universe to not, that was not, this is not the year. Um, but I, I also have grown to appreciate it for reasons that you said of, I, I've been given the opportunity to be more in tune with myself and personally and professionally to understand what have I compromised over the last couple of years just to continue moving forward. And is that something I need to continue to compromise? Or can I call that back into my life and say, no, I want that to be a part of who I am. Um, And so, you know, I've shared that I come from theater and I come from music. And this year in the pandemic, knowing I can't go anywhere, I bought musical instruments for the first time in five years. And so I started- I see the guitar. Yeah, it's hanging up there. I've got a piano right next to it. And it's just been fun to re-engage with that part of who I am. And it's one of those things that it's always a part of who you are, uh, you know, theater or the arts. But when you're not doing it and you have another focus, you try to like sprinkle it into what you're doing. And this is just like I've submerged myself into it. And it's helped me realize um, I miss that. And and Mm -hmm. especially in such a low time for everybody it's been like a core thing that's helped me see myself through it's on a hard day I go and express myself at the piano on a good day I go and sing a fun song or whatever it is and it's just been it's been uh unexpected that would not have been one of my resolutions this year but it was neat to see that evolve you know through the pandemic yeah you know for me um I, you know, everyone kind of goes in and they have these certain things and same as you, I was so excited to travel and go to different markets and, and go on different trips for the industry. And I had a few like personal trips too. And, and so of course, when that, those types of things didn't get to happen, it's, it is disappointing. But like you said, you kind of, you almost 
slow down and you appreciate where you are at. And so, you know, I'm not originally from Indianapolis, so it's like, okay, like, you know, let me go and go on a hike at Eagle, Eagle Creek, or let me, you know, check out some of the places safely that I can in my own area, instead of focusing so much on leaving. It's like, okay, let me give back to the community I'm part of now. Um, And so that was, that's just been a huge thing for me, but I agree. It's like, especially if you love to travel, it it has been a tough pill to swallow, but I think I'm kind of going, okay, well, Hey, at least I'm, I'm taking a couple less flights. So I'm impacting the earth a little less, or I'm doing this or that differently. And, and who knows? I don't know. I miss it. Of course. I can't wait till we have vaccines and everyone's, you know, things start to slowly get back to normal, but I still think that it's masks are going to be around for a while there. I mean, there's just going to be a lot of things that are just different. And I think people are going to be more, um, cognizant of like cleanliness and like sanitizing things yeah because i never even thought about some of that before and now it's like oh like I, I think i'm gonna always have a hand sanitizer on me here like you like you said you see you see shows or movies or things where there's like people all jammed together with nothing like i'm like oh my gosh like what if that person has the flu and they're just walking i mean it doesn't matter if it's covid it's anything we're yeah I, i'm just aware of it now we're at- yeah and i think i think you know, parallel to my personal changes and everything that happened this year, I saw the same thing happening professionally. I think, I think COVID really looked at our industry and and not just our industry, but literally every industry out there and said, are you ready for this? And like, just threw it in our face. And if you were, you grasped it and, and you felt your way through it just like the rest of us. But if you weren't, I mean, it really tried you. Um, and I can't really say anybody was truly ready for something at this size. And, um, and, and and that's where so, so many part of the stressful situations where you're trying to create a safe work environment for your employees, you're trying to create a safe shopping experience for your customers. Um, and it's all high stress, high stress. You don't know what's going on. You get emotional, but you can't act on your emotions. And so it just created this disconnect from, like, I mean, we were in crisis management mode. And in that time, you're not thinking about, okay, this is hard on me, or this, is, I, I am going to break, or I'm going to cry or anything like that. You're just getting through it. And I, I it, the saddest part for me has been like, it, it reminds me of tech weeks with theater, where like, you're working your tail off for hours and hours and hours. And then at the end of the week, you you launch into show weeks and stuff like that. But this has just felt like tech week with no show week. And there's just, there's no big reveal at the end of it. There's, it's the Black Friday, but tomorrow you're going to do Black Friday all over again. Um, yeah. And you don't get a prep, you don't get a cleanup, you just go right back into the war zone. So um, I think it's been good for businesses though. I, as As hard as it's been, the positive is we've all been through this now and we've been able to look left and look right and say, how did you do this? And lean into others where our weakness is shown. And the, the amount of collaboration and people coming together that's happened at this time, especially within the independent hardware industry, um, has been really, really awesome to, to be a part of. So what are some of the things that like, stood out to you as far as what retailers have done. And I mean, we don't have to go too deep into it. Cause it's kind of like, I feel like almost triggering a little bit, at least for me, I watch TV shows and like, this is us. 
and they they kind of go back to the beginning of it and i'm like oh my god Don't. Like, <laughs> all these reality shows everything where it's you know i watch the bachelor it's one of my guilty pleasures you turn on the bachelor every week and they're in the same place and i'm like Okay, like it's just <laughs> you know, it's a lot to relive it over and over and over again, which I know, yeah, you know, twenty years everybody. from now we'll cease to you'll look back twenty years from now and go, Oh, I'm kinda glad we have that. It's like a time capsule. But um <laughs> what are some of the things that stood out to you as like cool innovations that have come out of such a crappy situation? Because I look at different retailers and I'll give you a few examples of that that stood out to me, but like a lot of retailers have really stood up and, and gotten savvier with like buy, buy online, pick up in store, um, finding new ways to connect with their customers. Some retailers are doing like video conference calls and like, okay, let me pick up stuff for you. Uh, what do you need? Or, or helping people in that way. Like people are trying new, um, they're doing like DIY videos where they used to have people come into the store and they're doing virtual type of events. Like all the different things I think retailers are stepping up and doing is just showing, Hey, like we're just as innovative and, and, and helpful to our community as Amazon or target or Lowe's or whatever. And so it's really, Yeah. yeah. And it's exciting seeing the independents that are, trying these things that maybe they wouldn't have pushed themselves to do before. But yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on like some of the cool things that have come out maybe for you guys and other people, you know, in the industry. Yeah. I think it, it, the the purpose behind all of that in, in our independent industry is we pride ourselves on the connection or the engagement we have with our customer. And I guarantee if you talk to any independent hardware retailer or paint retailer, they're going to tell you, their transaction sizes are up and their foot traffic is way up. But that doesn't mean we were engaging with our customer. That means we were cycling through customers like never before. And a lot at the very beginning, I remember having to check our customer service model and say, does it work through what we're trying to do right now? And we didn't evolve it. We said, we have to make this work because this is what our customers know Um, And our Mm -hmm. new customers, we want them to have that same experience. But I think the purpose behind curbside pickup and all these cool, innovative ideas, the the social media campaigns and the DIY, everything we've seen is because we as a company go, how do we continue to engage our customers? If they are coming in there, it's a quick get in, get out. And a lot of them still aren't coming in. So how do we still stay connected with them through this time when we're feeling worn down, they're feeling worn down. And how do we meet them? Um, mm-hmm. I know company wise, we were, we were used to doing events twice a month within our stores. Um, we were running promotions and specials galore. And then the pandemic hit and we said, is this even possible? Um, and so we were, you just realign some of that, those marketing efforts or, or some of those um, just connection efforts. I mean, for us, the big thing that really was disappointing was we support the 4-H and FFA programs that happen uh, throughout the fairs in our area. And that's a huge part of the culture um, here in in Mm -hmm. Yakima Valley. And they were all canceled this year. So seeing these kids that are are raising these animals and taking them to fair and and making money and all this stuff just halt and not happen, it was devastating to them. And at, to have to learn such a hard financial lesson at such a young age is like 
totally unfair. Yeah. But to be a part of that and as a company figure out, okay, how do we pivot and how do we still support these individuals? Um, and how do we support the 4-H and FFA programs that didn't get to come together? Um, and those are the ways that, you know, specifically, I, I mean, I've just thought of retailers that were able to open their doors. I mean, not even getting innovative, but just being available for their customer. It reminds yeah. me a lot of you'll see videos of um, from down south when the hurricanes come through and the independent retailers are there for them. When you see a tornado rip through the Midwest, the independent retailers are there for them. And through this pandemic, I mean, I can't imagine what this video would induce on the emotional level, but through coronavirus, the independent retailers have been there for our customers and our communities. And like you said, it's happened in more innovative ways than ever before. And and I like to think of myself as a creative, innovative person. And I was extremely impressed by what other people have come up with throughout all of this. So it's just, it's been kind of that inspiration that's probably kept everybody going of looking at them, looking at them and saying, wow, they're doing it. That, that gives you those creative juices to do something like that as well. Stepping into a management role can bring on new responsibilities and challenges. NHPA's Foundations of Leadership program offers several online classes to help new managers understand their leadership style and strengths to better communicate and guide their teams. The first course, Intro to Leadership, starts in February, so save your spot today. We also are offering a couple special discounts. If you register for both Intro to Leadership and Leading Your Team, you can save $99. If you register for all three courses, which includes Intro to Leadership, Leading Your Team, and Financial Management, you can save $149. Head to yournhpa.org FOL to learn more. What are some things that you think are going going to, you know, stay within maybe different retail operations now since the p- pandemic's happened? Like one store I was talking to said, yeah, I think even after all of this, we're going to continue having um, sanitization as like part of their process. She was like, we never used to sanitize like our shelves or different things like that. And now that's like a step on our checklist of things that we do in operation. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, Oh, and so she's like, yep. You know, every couple hours we'll make sure, okay, the all doorknobs are wiped or this or that, anything that's touched frequently wiped down. They have the, they have the shields up and all that. And she's like, yeah, it's just now part of our process, but are there any things that, is there anything that you think is going to maybe remain part of the retail landscape moving forward from this year? I would say specifically with Blau Co-op, um, our retail department is partnered with our wholesale department. And so we supply farmers on the wholesale side for the orchards and vineyards. And the wholesale side had an extremely effective and efficient delivery process in place. But for the retail part of the company, it really was wishy-washy and it wasn't supported and it was just it was weird. It didn't happen, which was so odd because right next to us in the wholesale department, it was happening perfectly. And so this mm-hmm. year with the coronavirus, it really forced us to develop that that delivery program. Um, and that's something that's going to stay. It's something our pre- our customers appreciate. Um, it's something that it, it's that extra service. It's going that extra mile for them. Um, and that's just something that I see. It, it was necessary because of co- uh, COVID-19. Um, but it's something that we'll continue to serve our customers with moving forward as well. 
Um, I think the curbside pickup is a great option for independent retailers. I don't see any reason to get rid of that because once you perfect that process, kind of like uh, the other retailer was saying with that cleaning checklist, once it's there, it's there. Why, why take yeah. that away? It's not taking anything away from your production. So keep it in there. It is an easy process for them to call it in and you run it out to their, the, their vehicle. It's contactless. Um, it may not be something that our customers utilize throughout the summer season and stuff, but I can see during like flu season and the winter season, um, post COVID-19, if that's ever a thing that that is something that they really grasp onto. Definitely. Um, and I think it'd be great for different types of shoppers too. I mean, maybe you have some of, maybe some of your older shoppers might prefer to not have to get out and walk through the bit, a big store or anything, uh, depending on the size. So, um, I think that it's a, it's a great service and not everyone might use it after stuff kind of settles down, but at the same time, it's nice to have as an option yeah, uh, for absolutely. your customers. I don't know about you, but were you on zoom calls a lot and connecting with friends and family from back home a ton? Like, do you have that zoom fatigue that everyone's talking about now? You know, I've felt that more professionally than I have personally. I really, I'm not a screen person. I am a face-to-face person. And so obviously that just wasn't happening. And there is just, for me personally, a disconnect that comes from being through a screen. Um, And so I haven't engaged my family in those ways, or at least personally. Um, I will say I, my cousin, she's got a a set of twins that are five years old and they video time me all the time to see the chickens to, they'll say, look what I drew at work today. And those are probably some of the best moments through my chaotic days. Um, so I don't want to say those, you know, FaceTimes and stuff aren't there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I I've told my family too, when I did, like I said, get to safely go home and visit them over, um, my birthday that, um, it really, at the beginning of this year, being 2,700 miles away, you talk to them, you know, it's, it, you think it's so easy to, to get back together and connect because of social media and moving out here, it was really easy it was the most difficult part of moving out here, but knowing that that technology was available made that decision easier. And mm-hmm. this year that, that just ability to up and go was taken away. And so I felt that at the beginning of COVID-19, I really drew closer to my family and connecting with them. It may have been once or twice a month we talked and now it's weekly we're talking or twice a week or yeah. whenever we're just feeling that longing. And I think that is what, has been so important, not just for myself, but for everybody through this is you kind of got to a point where, as we mentioned earlier, you're in this crisis management mode, and you're just in it and you realize, okay, wait a second, I'm, I'm a lonely again, I'm, I'm isolated. Mm-hmm. There's nobody around me for people that are working from home. It's you go from your bedroom to your living room to work on. Yeah, and then you go back to your bedroom to sleep. Like, what is this life? And I think halfway through for me, it was let's make this connection and let's let's make sure that we draw closer to the ones we love um, in these hard yeah. times. And, and professionally, I saw it as well, because I remember, you know, we kind of talked about how you go into 2020 and you're like, OK, we're going to reset these stores and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then COVID hits and you're like, OK, we don't have time for that. That's going to have to be put on the back burner. We're all going to just make sure our teams are taken care of, our customers are taken care of, and we're going to do this today. We're going to do it tomorrow. We're going to do it the next day. 
And I feel like we got like four months into this six week pandemic. And I looked left and right and said, I haven't even talked to the other managers in the retail department. What is going on? Like, how have I abandoned them? And like, I, so then I reach out and I'm apologetic and, oh my gosh, I can't believe we haven't talked in this and that. But it was just, we were all in such a mode of, we've got to move forward. We got to get through this. And nobody knew how to. So we were just doing it the best we can um, mm-hmm. and and just moving forward. And so I would say about June, July, maybe even August is when I started to see a lot of those those disconnects starting to reconnect and come back together and say, this is hard. Like, how are you doing this? And hey, I can't do this. Lift me up and I'll lift you up here. And, um, yeah. and that's where now I'm able to appreciate that hardship that we've all been through um, at the beginning. And then we were able to collaborate and come together towards the end of all this. And I'm really going into 2021. I'm really hoping to see that same that same mentality of, you know what, it's not going to be over in 2021. I don't want us to think that, oh, January 1, woohoo, we did this, we made it through, and that test is over. Um, But as we navigate through 2021, I'm really hoping that the deep hurt and, and the disconnects that everybody felt are able to, you know, really start coming together. Um, And I see a lot of, of retailers personally, but also professionally becoming stronger through all of this. Um, and I I think it's, it's been tough, but when you're put in the fire like that, you either burn to ashes or you become, you know, a cold becomes a diamond. And that's what I think a lot of these independent retailers are doing right now that they were, I I don't want to, um, I don't want to ignore that the big boxes and Amazons and online retailers, they've had one of the best years they've had as well, but they did billionaires not getting, getting richer. You know what? Don't even get me started, Renee. That is a whole nother podcast that we'll have to talk about. But. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I think we've talked about him before. And yeah. that was like your one tagline for my first thing is like, Amazon's Amazon great. Amazon does great. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thanks for that, Renee. But um, no, ultimately, like, I don't want to ignore that. But what I am am very proud of is the independent retailers across the board have held their own through this and Mm -hmm. and and they've captured more market share um, and been able to really find successes through these hard times. And and the coolest part of this is. I sit on the Chamber of Commerce board in um, in Grandview, where we our headquarters is, and it's been amazing to see the industries that have benefited from this time reach out to those like the restaurant industries or the hospitality industries yeah. and support them um, because they haven't seen those same those same rewards. And but the communities are coming together and the communities are supporting each other. And if they're not, that's what I see happening in 2021, because I truly believe that as hardware retailers or paint retailers, we understand that if that business next door to us isn't open, that's not good for us either. And so we are going to be supporting each other in new ways. And I think for those hardware retailers that did not make it through this, that they were already facing tough times. And this was the toughest time of all. And they didn't see success and they had to close their business or anything. Those communities are feeling it as well. And they th- that act alone shifts a community's mentality to shop local. 
and support mm-hmm. that family or support that business that is there taking care of their community. So that is what I'm looking forward to in 2021. Um, I, like I said, I'm an idealistic person, but I think that can become a reality. That is something that we will see yeah. in 2021 is people coming together, supporting local in new ways. And I think the retailers after this year that they've been through have the confidence to say, I can take on anything and we're going to be ready for what 2021 has to bring. You were named uh, one of NHPA's Young Retailer of the Year honorees. Um, And so I just, I just wanted to give you a little shout out for that and uh, congratulate you you again. Um, What was it like getting to receive an an award or an honor like that during this kind of weird, crazy times? Oh, what a high and low of 2020. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it uh, it was seriously just it didn't really feel like it was happening, honestly. <laughs> it was like Yeah. You're you, you go through the application process and and I encourage everybody to nominate a retail young retailer that they know nominate yourself, go through the process, whatever you have to do, but take the time. For me, it was really difficult because you are navigating such a difficult and unprecedented time, but you're trying to pull out all of these like milestones in your young career. And, and you get to this point where like you put this, this portfolio together and you're like, okay, this looks cool. This is fun. Okay. Yeah. This could, there's potential with this and you, and then you look at it and you're like, okay, but I am having a difficult time running the retail operations now. Like it, it just was like this whole like, okay, cool for all those, you know, previous years of experience, but I'm getting awarded for being a young retailer year in this, you know, all these cool things we've done. And it feels like it's all crumbling down around me. And so that was yeah. my reality with it of like, it was kind of like, okay, I hope they're not looking right through me and yay, I get this award. But I had to really take a moment for myself and say, no, you deserve this. No, you have worked yeah. for this. And and so is that class of young retailers, the 2020 class of young retailers. Like They put me to shame. I was like, these are some cool people. And, and we didn't get a meet in Vegas like they typically come together, but I'm so excited at future um NHPA events and stuff to meet them and come together as a class because I think um, just reading about them, listening to their um, podcast and their stories inspired me. And so I know meeting them face to face is going to have a lot of inspiration that comes in it as well. So I don't want to I don't want to devalue the experience in anything because it is seriously like any on anything else like there's nothing like it. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, I'm honored to be able to say that I'm a young retailer of the year and to be able to say, and that happened in 2020 is like where I'm at now. Yeah. Heck yeah. That is cool. Now it's also embarrassing because I have vendors that come in and like, Ooh, look at this guy. He's Mr. Magazine and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, calm yourself. But I just, I just like dust off my award and I'm like, yes, you were right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so for anyone listening, so I'm kind of going into 2020 we're we have now three podcasts so dan has his um you know taking care of business mine is tell me more and then melanie just uh introduced one called editorially editorially speaking yeah Um, yeah. so hers is going to be more focused on um 
what's going on in the magazine and kind of bringing people from different types of features and talking to them on a, on a podcast situation as well. Um, but cool. mine, you know, I, I've always like, even when I was more on the writing side and now I do a combination of writing and then of course the members, member services, um, and working with our members and all of that. Um, I've always had like a love for telling people's stories. So I'm glad I'm going to continue doing that with my podcast, but I'm, we're kind of shifting gears. So mine is going to focus more on the younger retailer demographic. And, and of course, anyone listening is welcome to continue listening, but we're trying to promote some of those younger retailers and looking for those, those people that are um, maybe newer to their career or, or developing in it. Um, I think Young Retailer of the Year is a great way to get your name out there and to, um, you know, obviously you're recognized by by the industry and that type of thing. But what are some things you would recommend to someone who's maybe, you know, maybe they've been working for their the business they're associated with? It might be a family business. They might have just gotten into it, you know, and maybe they started in high school and they're still they're working there. They worked their way up to a manager, whatever it may be. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is in that kind of young retailer demographic um, who's trying to, you know, develop their career and, and maybe they, they do want to look towards the the award or, or what are some different things they can work on to continue growing in this industry? Yeah. So I think um, the NHAPA, they put all the guidelines and stuff out there. So like, this is what, you know, the checklist yeah. of just requirements or, you know, just things to meet. Um, but I really would encourage not to let that, like, don't try to fit into those boxes. And ultimately, yeah, I'm always going to encourage a young retailer to be yourself, just be yourself and bring what you think you can to the table and don't shy away from your ideas, put them out there and let them be torn down or let them be thrown in the trash. And don't be afraid to take that crumbled piece of paper out, put it in their file and wait for it to present again. And, and ultimately, all that's going to do is just bring a boldness of, of who you are. And I think so much of, of our industry is engraved in the character of the people that lead our industry and, and the, mm-hmm. the store owners or the store managers or the frontline employees that are engaging with our customer. And that's going to be the important part of it. Our, every store in the independent industry has personality, and that comes from yeah. the individuals that are running it. And, and that's what makes it such a unique, um, a unique industry. And so that's what I would encourage young retailers to lean into is really be bold and try those ideas. Not every idea takes a lot of capital to make happen. And, and you can have a huge return on not investing a single dollar. Um, it's an attitude change. It's whatever that could be. It might be volunteering in your community and just getting reconnected with them and, Little did you know, while you're painting that fence and talking to a neighbor that they were then going to become a loyal customer and they found something out about your operations that they didn't know before. Um, And so really, I don't want to say there's like, okay, here's this checklist and this is what I did to become a young retailer. (laughs) But the way I would say to, you know, to gain that confidence of, you know what, I am going to submit this or I am going to or somebody else is going to see this and want to nominate me um, is going to be that take time every year, kind of like we were talking earlier to just look past it and in your past and say, what have we done this year? I know personally, there's so many times that we get through an entire year and I'm like, there was a ton of things that we developed, a ton of things that we refined and made better. But 
what I, I couldn't even tell you one of them because it all just became one big, oh, well, we developed the retail department. And so taking yeah. a moment to really um, put uh, like itemize those, those efforts and those projects yeah. is going to help understand what you've done and, and where you've come from. I have to do that constantly of say, well, our inventory is still a mess, but where did we start a year ago and, and where are we yeah. at now? And being able to appreciate that process, it's not easy, but going through the process and appreciating it um, will help you understand the impact you're having on your operations at such a young age. Um, and maybe come and do a podcast with you because it's been nice being I able know. to listen back to the podcast and be like, oh yeah, we were doing that. And and just be able to jot it down or think about it and say, that was really cool. So um, I, I know you've said this a couple of times, but it is kind of nice being the Billie Eilish of the hardware retailing. I know. going to come back. <laughs> you are my Vanity Fair interview. So anyone who's listening that, that doesn't know what we're talking about, Billie Eilish sang... Uh, she's she's well known for the bad guy that song I don't know if that was two years ago but she she's great she's plenty of other songs but anyways um, I think it's been now four years in a row Vanity Fair has interviewed her on the same the same day and they post it and they show her old comments or old like you know how many Instagram followers do you have and so she you know the first time a hundred thousand and now it's like forty three million so she's very yeah. well known. Um, but I just, we were joking and I was like, who do I want to be my last guest of 2020? And I said, gotta get, I gotta get Cody, my Billie Eilish back on. So I'm glad to have you here. Um, it's been fun. It's but, always been fun. Yeah. Um, and I also appreciate too, that what Blyle does is you guys have really invested in some of those young retailers in, in your own business. And I know you have, uh, students in the is the class completed yet? Or I know they're doing it virtually no, it's but coming the young re or the, the retail management certification program. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and why Blyle um, continues to invest in this program and send its, send its, um, its, its employees um, through the class? Yeah, I will. I, if I'm ever given an opportunity to talk about the RMCP, I always will because that yes, has, please do. I mean, it was such an investment in my own career and to be able to be a part of the other side of it and now investing in other retailers careers has been really, really um, awesome for me um, personally. And it very selfishly, it's been really cool um, because yeah. that is how I made the connection to join the team out here at Blyle co-op. And as soon as I hit at Blyle, they were like, Hey, Katie's going through this program. Would you be interested in helping her through it, kind of mentoring her through? And so it was just, it was reinvigorating. And it gave me mm -hmm. a chance to share some of that that I had freshly learned in the class. Um, and I always believe the best way to learn is to teach somebody else what you just learned. And so yeah. going through that the first year with Katie and seeing her her, her passion and, and just seeing, uh, you always focus on a business improvement project that would help impact the ROI of your business and, and to see her take an idea and run with it. And then the next year with Roman and Victor, seeing them do the same thing. And this year with Danica and Cecily, I was, I was talking to Scott earlier uh, or late last month. And I, uh, I told him, I was like, these two of all the classes that I've now mentored, these two like took the biggest projects in our retail department and said, I'm going to tackle them. 
And I know that's because of the confidence that Roman, Victor, Katie, and even myself now have within our retail department to tackle those big things. Um, yeah. And and they're going, no, I can do this. And and it's not easy, but they are willing to take every single hurdle and jump over it. They're moving mountains with what they're doing now. And we sat in a meeting just yesterday um, where they pitched, did like an elevator pitch to the executive team and our new CEO. And he was like, this is an issue. This, what you're improving with your business improvement project is an issue across all co-ops throughout the country. And so if you yeah. can figure this out, this is something that could not just benefit our co-op, but many, many others. And so those are the kind of projects that working through the RMCP, I were able to tackle. I think if we didn't necessarily have new talent going through those classes, we wouldn't take the time and we wouldn't challenge yeah. ourselves to take on those big projects. Um, and, and we've taken all different calibers. I mean, Katie was with Blyle co-op for nine years. Um, and, wow. and Roman and Victor had been with a few years. Cecily and Danica are less than two years and they're, they're just grat. They're just sponges. They're taking it all in. Um, and it's just amazing to see that even though they're in a younger part of their career within the industry, they're still grasping everything that they're being taught and anything they don't understand, they're coming back with educated questions and they want to know the answer. And so I yeah. really feel like they're being set up for success in their future, um, simply because they're going through this class um, and they're going through the class in 2020. What in the world? <laughs> yeah, they're just making it all it's happen. And so I recommend it for any retailer. If it is an investment, it is uh, with with your money, with your time. But I, you will see for any of those retailers out there going, I can't do this alone. I have an all star on my team and I they just need this, this or that. This is the perfect program to throw them into it help them. It, it, like I said, it'll force you to face some things that you haven't been able to. And then you'll find that you now have a partner in your business that can help you through this instead of wearing it all on your shoulders yourself. Definitely. And, you know, I, I think I've probably said this in every podcast inter interview I've had with you and probably with other uh, retailers I've talked to on the podcast, but I, you know, I'm a very extroverted person as you may or may not know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I love getting to know people. And, you know, if I was a retailer in the industry, I think it would be cool to know, hey, wait, there's a association out there that I can turn to. I can meet other people across the country, across, you know, we have people from Canada. We, I mean, we're the North American Association. And so, um, and now paint retailers and paint and decorating retailers are a part of the mix too. There's just, um, there's just so many great people out there that you can get to know and you can connect with. And whether you're going through uh, our advanced program, like the RMCP, or you're doing our foundations of leadership online, or you're just getting your store started with basic online training, um, maybe starting to attend, we're going to start uh, rolling out webinars in 2021 at a more consistent basis. So Very it's just, cool. we're, we're constantly trying to, connect with the industry, bring people together so that they can get to know one another and, and learn and grow from each other. Um, and if someone is listening to this and maybe they've been listening and they just, you know, they haven't sent an email or gotten involved in the industry, please reach out. Like I'm, I'm a great person to talk to. I'd love to hop on a phone call and chat about any ways we can work with you guys or, or help you. And um, I don't know if you have any thoughts for retailers who might be listening that 
aren't involved in the association at all, but I'd love to hear your perspective because you're, you're definitely one of our proponents and I appreciate that. And I, I just wish more people I think people know about us. They know about hardware retailing. Um, but sometimes it's like, you know, what are some of the things you can gain from being a member of the association? Maybe from a, from a member's perspective, like yourself. Yeah. I think one of the first things to do is check if you are already a member because a lot of independent um, retail vendors or co-ops actually pay for their members to be a part of it. And so you might be a part of it and you don't even realize. And if you are, there is then this treasure cove of, (laughs) of what you just talked about of just possibilities that not just the networking, but the training and, and the ideas and the innovation that is shared through hardware retailing or even through the pandemic, I have felt just as connected to my, um, my, my networking friends are like for specifically like Joe in New York city. I felt just as connected Mm -hmm. to him and what is he doing during the pandemic as I have my own team because of webinars or because of being able to say, Hey, what are you doing in this? And just checking in on them. And yeah. And that's something that probably we would have done at shows or we would have done at twice a year, but or three times a year, the NRH uh, and HPA, um, Thank you. <laughs> I got you there. Um, but it, we've had to innovate those those connections as well. But that that alone is such a a vast part of what the association has to offer. Um, but uh, the training, the um, the honestly, I there's not a time that I don't flip through hardware retailing or watch or go online and look at old. Um, uh, volumes and go, holy cow, these people have it figured out. And then you, you mm-hmm. take their, you take their company name, like Blau co-op and you Google search it, or you look it on Facebook and you see everything they're doing. And you're like, that's a great idea. This is awesome. And without the association really bringing all of that together, where would you start? Would you type in yeah. your co-op's name and say, okay, what it's like this out there? Um, but we've made yeah. so many lasting connections that has helped progress our business and just taken ideas. And they said, Hey, don't reinvent the wheel. We will help you. Let us send you this. We can help you tweak it for what works for your business and run with it. And it just saved you that many man hours to be able to focus on implementing it instead of having to develop it. Definitely. Yeah. So anyone listening, if you're, if you're wanting to get more involved or maybe you're not even sure if you're a member, please reach out. Um, my contact info is on, on the website, but yeah, I'd love to connect. Um, so I guess to wrap up our, our conversation, um, how, how are you going to look ahead to 2021? Um, do you have any resolutions or do you think that something like 2020 almost makes you go, okay, maybe resolutions are a good idea in theory, but you, you, I think what I've kind of learned from this is you can't always plan for the future. I mean, you can, you can certainly have goals, but I mean, I don't think anyone, any, any one of us was necessarily expecting what 2020 brought. So what are some things you're doing heading into the year? (laughs) Good job. I know. I know. Um, my mind reader. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I, I I'm a, I'm a dreamer, you know, so I'm always going to plan for the future. I, like I said earlier, I had to cancel two Disney trips this year, but I have mine planned for 2021. Like it is gonna happen. Um, but Disney world or Disneyland, 
Um, well, I've only been to Disney World, so I'm going to go to Disneyland for the first time. Mm, okay. <laughs> You're like, disappointing, Continue. but okay. I know. I, I love Disney World, so I'll probably end up being like, but I already know that trip to a T, so I'll go to Disney World instead. Poor Disneyland. Yeah. Like, getting no love, but <laughs> I, that's all right. But no, I mean, so for 2021, I'm still looking forward to being able to really bring my 2020 world together with the future and saying, you know what, there are parts of this year that I don't want to let go of that I want to really hold on to and let that be a part of my core and who I am moving forward. Um, And so I'm excited about that. I don't, I'm not one to really put anything in writing and say, this is my year. This is what I'm doing. Um, But I, I go with it as, as things come up, I'm excited to be able to engage in that in the moment um i'm pretty chill as well so like as crazy as this year has been it hasn't been like wild or like it's been stressful it's been emotional but nothing that i haven't felt like okay what is going on and this is the end and so yeah i'm excited to know that going into 2021 i can say yeah i did we did that and we did that together um but I, I'm definitely going to dream about 2021 and, and what the future holds. And even if it's not in 2021, 2022 is going to be a banger. Let me tell you. <laughs> in 2020, we took more time to look at our processes and say what's working and what's not working. Things were crazy at times. They were slowed down at times. And we were able to just analyze things in ways that when you're when you're in everyday business and things are working, you just don't do. And so I'm excited to take that into 2020 and then just use it as a launching board for 2021, get back to some of the projects that we put on the back burner and said, we'll get to it. Um, But we're going to put those into full swing here shortly and then be able to really launch into a new way of retail once um, we feel a lift come out of all of this. Definitely. Well, I just want to thank you again for uh, joining us on the podcast. Tell me more. You you just continue to tell me more and I really appreciate it. <laughs> Fulfilling the title about, of my podcast. I've always had something to say, trust me. So <laughs> anytime, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you, Cody, again. And if anyone wants to connect with you, um, I'm sure they could just find you on LinkedIn maybe or... Um, shoot you an email maybe i don't know if your if your contact info is out there but um it's been great getting to chat with you and i'm sure maybe next year around the same time we'll get to do uh episode four with you oh yeah can i can i get your can i can i get your confirmation in advance (laughs) yes i will put you on my calendar (laughs) billy eilish i love it thank you The nomination period for the 2021 Young Retailer of the Year Award Program is now open. The North American Hardware and Paint Association has recognized young leaders under the age of 35 who represent the future of independent hardware and paint retailing for 25 years. If you know someone who qualifies, visit yournhpa.org Y-R-O-T-Y to learn more. The deadline to apply is February 28th, so don't delay. Big thanks to the program sponsors, Arrow, Epicor, Fluidmaster, IPG, MyTech, Midwest Fastener, and Pony Jorgensen.